how to hang a photography show in your own neighborhood businesses. This is my interview with Steve Rosenbach, and it's next on episode 64 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Welcome to Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast. We're all learning how to be better photographers. I'm your host, Linford Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. This is episode 64, and today we're going to learn how to hang a photography show in one of your neighborhood businesses. Now, this is the first of two parts. In this episode, part one, our own Steven Rosenbach, <laughs> and he's one of my co-meetup organizers in, in D.C. and New York. And he's had a lot of success hanging his own photography in Maryland and Virginia. So I thought it might be helpful to hear from him just what he's learned along the way. Next week, I'm going to bring you a case study, if you will. I just went to a show at a small coffee shop uh, several weeks ago, a show by Bridget Murray Law, and uh, it was really cool, very, you know, pretty w very well done, and uh, in a nice little cozy shop in in a in one of the historic neighborhoods in Washington D.C. And I, I really liked what she did there, so. I, I I asked to speak with her just to give us a case study, if you will. She's going to talk about her most recent show, which she hung in a neighborhood business, and how she went about doing it and what she learned along the way. And then uh, what, I'd also, what I'll also include is some sound from an old interview I did when back when I was doing webinars, I'd interviewed a gallery owner and he talked about one of one of a small part of his presentation was about how you might get your work into local businesses. And he gave a lot of good tips and a lot of good advice. And I thought as long as we are dealing with this topic, it's worth revisiting um, his advice. So we'll have that again um, also next week. So by the time we're done with all three of these segments, you should have a very good idea about how you can go out now and uh, take your photography and approach and get it hung and have a successful show in any of your local businesses or municipality, municipality buildings. All right. So that's what we have today. Up next, our own Steve Rosenbach. All right, my buddy Steve is on the line. Steve. Hi, Lynn. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, um, we want to talk about hanging shows. And as I said to you before numerous times, I think you probably have 
had just a lot of success that I've seen hanging shows locally. And so really glad that you're going to share some of what you've learned with us. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so, so before we even started recording, Steve started listing all the places where he's had success. And I have to go, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Let's get this on tape. But, but let, let's start there since you're already, you're, you're already in that mode. Like, where have you had success hanging your photography? Well, the first place I tried this, and it's uh, probably more than 10 years ago, is I walked into uh, our local Barnes and Noble bookstore. You know, fairly big uh, brick-and-mortar bookstore. This one happened to be in Annapolis, Maryland. And I noticed that they had all kinds of artwork on the wall. And uh, so I inquired about it. And it turns out that uh, many of the Barnes & Noble stores have a community relations manager. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got the person's uh, telephone number and uh, made an appointment and brought a little portfolio of photographs to do. Uh, to her rather, and she re- she liked them, and so I put together um, a show. They had uh, they cr- they provided all the hardware for hanging. All you needed to do was have a um, uh, a frame with a wire, you know, that you could hang on hook. And uh, so that was my very first one. I think that was actually in two thousand four. Okay, so a long time ago. Pictures, some of them, some of them even taken with a. Uh, two megapixel point and shoot and other ones with my very first DSLR, which was a Canon, the original Canon digital rebel, which was all of six megapixels. Right. Right. And, uh, but you know, it performed pretty well. You could get, um, you know, up to maybe even six, 16 by 20 or certainly 13 by, let's say, uh, 13 by 19 prints. Um, you know, if you took a picture that was well exposed and, uh, the wind was, you know, just the right velocity and the moon was in the right phase. You know, you could could get a pretty good enlargement, even with six megapixels. Right, right. So so that was the first one I tried. And I actually uh, did that in two places. There was another Barnes and Noble, uh, not too far away, about uh, a 20 minutes drive away in another town. And um, I noticed that they had an area there, too. So I, I, again, got a hold of their community manager, community relations manager, I think is the name they use, and uh, was able to have a show there. That was a couple of years later. Interesting thing was it was kind of a decent-sized hall, really, and everybody, not everybody, but many people who used the store needed to go through that hall because the ladies' room and the men's room were located back there. It was kind of <laughs> <the best. laughs> Location, location, reaction, location. Yeah, my first reaction to seeing the restrooms there was oh well you know this is really classy here but uh, when i thought about it actually it was quite good right <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so um, you had two barnes and nobles where else have you had success hanging your work then in annapolis we have a, a local coffee shop chain uh and they had a number of locations uh in and around in and around annapolis which one is that um that is um that's not the, the the dock one, is it? Yeah, I think yes, that's it. City Dock Coffee. City Dock. Okay. So you've got like a two year wait list now, I believe. Right, right. And I did you know, when I signed up, oh here's the thing that I really should stress is when I signed up, uh the first one was um eleven months away, the second one was thirteen months away. 
boy, that time really comes up fast. Oh, really? <laughs> so, you know, my, my suggestion is that uh, if you do have something that has a long wait list that you're able to get on, uh, really start uh, thinking and not only thinking about it, you know, which pictures will you do and how will you frame them and map them and so forth, but uh, get started on it early because uh, otherwise you'll be like me in that first one. And uh, I found myself really struggling to to get uh, my enough photographs ready for them. And the second one was easy because I'd sold a few there, but, um, I, you know, I had most of them ready. Oh, go ahead, Lynn. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I was. It, it's. I'm just sort of listening. And so, when you show them your portfolio, there's not an expectation that those are the ones that you actually hang. You can actually, since there's such a lead, long lead time, work on something very different. Yes. Is that supposed to be representative when you show it to them? Yes. At least that was my experience. That they were satisfied with the representative sampling and. Uh, it, it wasn't necessary to uh, show the actual ones. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh. One thing I should mention is that um, at least back then, I haven't tried Barnes and Noble lately. But um, in order to sell anything, uh, Barnes and Noble needs a uh, ISBN, uh, which I didn't have for any of them. And um, for each image, you've got to put your own ISBN on it. Yeah, you need an. Well, you know what I. Uh, I looked into this and I'm, I don't remember the, the rules, but you can, I think you can actually also get a single ISBN to cover a collection for the lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't try, uh, I didn't, I didn't get into that and I didn't try selling it through Barnes and Noble. Uh, although I see a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I see that there are local photographers who have, um, who actually sell greeting cards. Uh, through our local Barnes and Noble, that they've gotten ISBNs for it. Is so, that so they could just go through the the cash register? Exactly, they have you no, buy books. Mm -hmm, okay, right, with, that, with that an ISBN, and then also they need to have the ISBN. That's how they get it into their inventory. They really have you know no mechanism, you might say, for actually selling it. Oh. Uh, so the Barnes and Noble was uh, was more a matter of getting exposure. And they did allow you to uh, put up, and, and I would recommend this, make some kind of a flyer, uh, business cards, and so forth. And uh, so I, you know, I liberally, liberally sprinkled uh, both of those ex exhibits with um, flyers that I made up and, um, and business cards. And I did get some sales as a result of that. People, you know, actually saw it. I was, you know, amazed that besides my, you know, my wife and my mother, and my, <laughs> at that time my son was still at home. Um, that um, the, so so the flyers were just what to to get people to know who you were or not to drive people to the show right or right, were exactly. you promoting the show or right. okay. basically it was a way so they could email me or call me up and say gee I, I saw this and that photo and uh, I'd like to buy a copy from you or I'd like to get a framed copy from you and so forth or do you have anything like that you know so that. That's how that worked. So they weren't selling them off the wall. They Correct. were just they were just they'd contact you and then you'd create one. Barnes and Noble slaps their ISBN on it and then they purchase it at the register. Oh, sorry. No, they, uh, after basically what happened is that either during or after the show, if someone uh, what what happened is a few people who were at the show picked up my business card or my flyer and then contacted me either by phone or by email and we just did the transaction directly. And they, oh, they happen to be people, you know, within a easy driving radius, you know, 15 minutes or what have you. So I, it just was a very simple, you know, 
I come over to their house and deliver the uh, the photo or photos, and uh, they pay me. So, so Barnes and Noble did the transaction for anything that happened to exactly industry. right, Got right? It. Okay, and, and what they get out of it is they get um, you know a nicely decorated uh, area that other, otherwise would be you know just blank walls. Well, not to mention the connection to the community and the connection to the community, right? Right. So, for example, Barnes and Noble would often had have. Uh, Let's say, uh, well, what I remember in particular was a uh, a large exhibit of, and I think it was ninth or tenth graders uh, from a local uh, high school uh, who were art students. I remember that one specifically because one of my one of my neighbor's daughters, you know, uh, I was actually attracted to one one drawing in particular, and it turned out to be one of my neighbor's draw one of my neighbor's drawings. And uh, that was pretty exciting. And I ran over afterwards and I said, you know, hey, Katie, I saw your drawing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's now actually um, a, a a very successful young designer for a major toy company. Oh, that's so, uh, awesome. Yeah. So that got her somewhere. Mm-hmm. So so the two Barnes & Nobles, a City Dock, Coffee, where else? A coffee shop, where else? Right. Oh, and I should say, and, and in that case, City Dock Coffee Shop, they took uh, you, they actually did sell right off the wall. And uh, mm-hmm. they took a fairly small percentage. I forget what it was, but it wasn't very much. Mm-hmm. So I was able to sell a number of photos that way. And then um, the other um, type of uh, exhibit I've had is uh, at a library. Um, interestingly enough, I live in uh, I live near Annapolis, not in Annapolis, but fairly close by. And the library, and I had two exhibits there, was. Uh, in Cherrydale, uh, it's a neighborhood called Cherrydale, which is really in Arlington, Virginia. And that one was a, a show. Well, you know me, I, I love New York City. So that was a show of uh, New York City architecture buildings and architectural details. So <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And then uh, two years later, I did another show that was all about um, Central Park in New York City. Okay. When they also sold, you know, they would sell off of the a wall and the library took a small amount uh, to keep, keep that program going basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Anywhere else are those the, the main ones? Um, and uh, yeah, more there's um uh, Oh, that's right. There was a city hall. Um, oh yeah. Jeez. I forgot about that. This was a uh, Bowie city hall. Well, I worked for a company that was uh, in Bowie and for one reason or another, the company decided to, uh, not the company, but uh, my smaller group, uh, our boss decided to have uh, some training sessions, and she wanted to get us away from our office, you know, away from even the conference rooms there, and uh, off-site, so to speak. And it turns out that uh, they were able to rent some uh, rent a conference room in Bowie City Hall, which is really a, a beautiful new modern building. It's only a few years old. Right. So... While we had a break at one point, I noticed, oh, there's all this artwork. <laughs> and uh, so I just went to the front desk and said, uh, is there someone who uh, who's in charge of the artwork? Found out who it was, uh, uh, met her, and um, she has, ever since then, she's uh, always let me know when an exhibit was coming up, uh, what the theme of the exhibit was. And uh, so I, I've... Uh, had a number of uh, photos, usually like two at a time. They limit you, I think, to two or three entries. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it is. So it this is, is not an exclusive Steve show then. This is like that's your, right, your yeah. work with everyone else's. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's curated in that, you know, they don't pick curated. everything comes in. So uh, generally what they do is they, uh, you'll see a bunch of us, a bunch of us hopefuls, you know, in a line, you know, bringing our things into city hall on a Saturday morning <laughs> and, uh, and we'll find out, uh, I think, uh, I don't know if it's that later that day or, or, uh, the following Monday, uh, whether we're in or not. And, uh, we can, then we can go and pick up whatever wasn't, whatever, whatever wasn't chosen. So I was fortunate most, I think all the time I got something chosen, sometimes not always, uh, two items, maybe only one. Uh, but you know, also that got me some notice too. Uh, now they, again, they didn't sell there, but this is a way to get yourself noticed and so forth, especially in the local community. Right. Right. And the other thing is, uh, along with, um, a uh, local photo club. So I'm a member of the Arundel Camera Club, which meets weekly uh, near where I live. And um, two or three times a year, they'll do a uh, group show in our local library. And so I participated in that one. And again, that's, you know, you're not going to sell anything there, but uh, you have your uh, business card or flyer, what have you, with your email and phone number. And uh, um, occasionally you'll get somebody that way. Okay, interesting. Now, it, it seems like when you are thinking about this, like you, most of the opportunities or just happen to be that opportunities. If someone was thinking about it, it's, it sounds like what I what I'm get gathering is you just look around what's going on in your neighborhood or the contacts or people you know, and see where you might find opportunities. Like, what else would you? do if you were trying to find a good location to hang your work? Well, I would look around to see, you know, where uh, local businesses, uh, coffee shops are probably the best place to go, Uh, but also sometimes restaurants and um, um, other uh, even larger venues like a Barnes & Noble. And if you go to a Barnes & Noble, ask for the name and the contact information for the community relations manager. Uh, and, um, there were other bookstores in the, in the area, but they've since <laughs> business. I'm just thinking Barnes and Noble is probably it as far as, a, a yeah. you know, brick and mortar bookstore. Chain and, chains anyway. Yeah. The chains of well, the other ones have gone the waste by the wayside. Um, and, uh, I would say, you know, just to kind of be observant where you do see things, um, that are, you know, artwork that's displayed, um, just be, Bold and as we say in Yiddish, you know, have a little chutzpah and walk up to you know, <laughs> walk up to whoever's at the register or ask for the manager and say, "Gee, do you uh, do you rotate the artwork? And if so, you know, how would I go about um, uh, showing somebody my photography uh, to see if you'd like to exhibit that?" Good. Um, you you talk you, you talked a little bit about themes earlier. Uh, how important is it for your artwork when you are showing it to, to be more thematically grouped? I think it is really useful to have, to have a theme. And for one thing is that it kind of, it kind of focuses you. So you don't have, and I have to say my very first, uh, Barnes and Noble exhibit, there was, uh, there was really no theme for it. And, um, but I think that was early on, you know, in 2004, I think you might be able to get away with it. Uh, because uh, not everybody was a photographer yet in 2004. I think you've talked about this 
uh, Lynn, about uh, how you know being a photographer was uh, something you know special uh, back in the special day, special and exciting. <laughs> so now everybody's a photographer. So, uh, but yeah, I would definitely uh, try to go for a theme. Um, have you know whatever you're going to show have some coherence, some kind of a, uh, pictures have some relevance to each other. The thing, the other thing that I found out, by the way, this is kind of a negative lesson, but lessons are always good either way. Is um, I think things, uh, photographs that were laid locally will work better. Um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of work on the, uh, the two library exhibitions uh, that were all about things that I loved in New York City, but it was Arlington, Virginia, you know, and I think what probably would have been better. And, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, try to uh, work with them uh, in the future on this is uh, to have a collection of photos of the uh, something in the D.C. area or suburban, mm-hmm. you know, northern Virginia or something like that. You know, imagine photographs of uh, Great Falls, Virginia, or, uh, you know, local nature pictures in that part of Virginia, which is quite beautiful, or, you know, pictures of D.C., mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something, you know, again, where you would, uh, uh, I would, I would say if you were doing something like DC, don't have, don't just do DC, but pick some kind of theme about some aspect of DC. DC right. And you were looking at it. Right. And, uh, yeah, and you'll do much better. Yeah. So, that is, and the reason I'm saying it is I, I inquire, I didn't sell very many there and, um, but I did get a lot of exposure, but I did, you know, keeping in touch with my friends, I kind of got a feel afterwards, you know, uh, over a long period of time from them as to what uh, what seems to sell. And they did notice that uh, local content, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. something that appeals appeals locally mm-hmm. in uh, in our area in Annapolis. Um, anything that has to do with um, maritime or sailing that would be very good, you know. Mm-hmm. Pictures, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, boats boats at a dock. Uh, one of my favorite subjects is uh, marit- uh, not maritime rope, what would you call it? Marine rope, yeah. Right, like, right. Rope, uh, carefully coiled, but close up. I mean, you know, not with a lot of space around More it. More abstracty, right. More abstracting, you know, where somebody goes, ah, the heck with it, just throws down his, uh, his uh, extra, the, the, uh, the rope that he, you know, no the, the excess rope, you might say. Uh, that doesn't get tied up, but just is kind of uh, hanging on the end. Sometimes they throw it down and it creates a, a very interesting kind of ramble or pile. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing, you know, sails in the sunset and so forth. Uh, Chesapeake Bay, uh, watermen on the Chesapeake Bay, all those kinds of things will really, I think, sell better in this area. And, you know, for your listeners, whatever area that right. they can be in, you know, yeah, wherever you are. Area. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Now, when you are preparing your images, what sizes, because uh, you sort of hinted at this earlier, but is there a certain size that you think is the sweet spot for not only showing but selling later, and or do you mix it up, or how, how do you approach that? Well, when I first started, pardon me, when I first started, um, I, uh, I think the first show was mostly 8 by 10s or 8.5 by 11s. Uh, it was the stuff final I, size, or is that eight by ten with with? Oh, sorry, the image. Yeah, the image. The I image mean, was eight by well, ten. Well, I say eight by ten. Yeah, it's a good point. It it would have been in a uh, a mat with a that size for like an eight by ten opening, like eleven and, by fourteen, like eleven finished. by fourteen. Let's say frame. Right. Okay. But um, 
as my ability to print got better and also um, just finding places that print very well for uh, not that much money. Um, and as my, as my megapixels got a little higher, I went a little bigger and most of what I, most of what I do now is um, the image is roughly 12 by 18 and I'll put that in a uh, 18 by 24 inch mat and, and a frame 18 by 24 inch frame. And uh, those, you know, that's a, a reasonably impressive size. I was going to say, what's what's special about that size? Why do you, why do you sort of settle there? Uh, part of it is just practical. I uh, uh, 12, 12 by eighteen is about the largest size that I can make a photographic print, you know, of um, without going to uh, like a high end um, uh, inkjet printer. Gotcha. Um, although inkjet printers have gotten so good that that that's not necessarily uh, a drawback anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I might have one or two prints that are uh, maybe uh, 20 by 30 inches. And, uh, and generally, uh, well, for the, um, for the library exhibit, the one in Alexandria, they always like to have a poster. So I'd have a two by two by three foot poster size made up. Oh wow! And uh, that didn't necessarily have to be framed. Typically, it would just be um, a poster that they sell or gave away, or just uh, oh, sorry, to promote no, it. A, uh, yeah, I wish we had thought about that. That would have been <laughs> that would have been a nice thing to to sell for ten bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just something to uh, the, the way the library was laid out and way, where the exhibit area was. Uh, as you walk down the stairs, coming into the library. There was a nice big space to put a poster size image, you know, announcing the show. So uh, that's that's what that was for. Okay. Um, nice. But I think, yeah, I think the twelve by eighteen was was kind of a practical limit, that, not limit, but a practical size that I've settled on. Uh, I cut my own mats, so to go much bigger than a eighteen by twenty four inch uh, outside size mat, it gets a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, and I like cutting my own mats because then I don't have to depend on, you know, buying a pre-cut mat and, and forcing my image to, to be whatever um, aspect ratio the inside of the mat is. I can make it whatever I want. So, uh, so mostly they're, uh, as I say, 18 by 24 overall in size and some a little smaller because they might uh, be more squarish and, uh, and not amenable to 18 by 24. But uh, mostly that's the size I use nowadays. Yeah, and you, you're teeing up my next question so nicely, Steve, um, because I was going to ask you about how you prepare the images for for shows. So, you know, there's framing, there's matting. I mean, sort of walk me through what your production is like, and and you do it all yourself. It sounds like I do, yeah. And so I, um, what I do for the shows is, um, you know, I'll give you my secret that uh, the uh, I can, you can get prints made up to uh, 12 by 18, and they're actually photographic prints. In other words, they're not uh, they're not inkjet prints, but um, wet chemical photographic prints made with real light, actually made with lasers. And where do I get them done? At Costco. And they're, <laughs> and they're dirt cheap. It's just that if you give them a very, very good file, and um, that's, you know, properly sized for uh, – you go ahead and size it in Lightroom or Photoshop – for uh, that output size, 
they'll do a fantastic job, and it's only a few dollars. I think it's uh, three to four dollars for a twelve by uh, eighteen print, and it's on real Fuji paper. It's made in the same. Uh, it's actually the same mini lab machine that makes you know your four by sixes that you get for your snapshots. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's capable of, of really excellent work, and. Uh, then if you want to go bigger than that, they'll do that too, uh, but they do that on a high-end uh, inkjet machine. That, that can go really big. And mm-hmm. I find that uh, that works pretty well too, but you have to be really careful, especially with black and white, that you don't um, – it, it, the black and white prints that come out larger on the inkjet can be a little bit murky, so you have to be really sure that you have good blacks and good whites and so forth. But uh, So I start with the print, and um, I did just – recently buy um, a Canon 13 by 19 printer. So I may start doing my own, but I'm not sure because it's, it, it's you know, it's so, uh, it's so uh, cost efficient to do them by, uh, by Costco or even for that matter, some of the really good labs around here like nation's lab does an excellent job for only a few dollars more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get, uh, they do uh, places like that. will do pictures on metal and, Plastic, you know, no. right? Mounting a in different ways. Mylar, yeah. They put it on wood or rock or whatever you want. So those are excellent to use too. Or I rock. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right? I do start. Yeah, you can do that now. Uh, I don't know how that works. I guess you supply your own rock or something. <laughs> so I suspect they have a they have a, some kind of polished rock for that. Yeah. So uh, so I start with the with the photograph itself, and then I'll measure it carefully. You know, measure. T- twice cut once kind of thing. Oh, yeah. um, and I have a, uh, just a fairly simple rig for mat cutting. Um, for years, I used the simplest one you could get, which uh, was just like, it's essentially like a big ruler with a sliding uh, uh, knife edge that goes on it. And now I have one that's a little fancier. I spent, I think all, I got it for as a birthday present two years ago. It was all about a, a $110 or so. Oh, wow. Um, and I can, less than a mat. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so I can cut uh, bigger mats much easier, much more easily than I used to now. Uh, so, so then, what I'll do is, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt for a second. If someone isn't, um, if they, if someone can't cut their own mats, then what would you normally do? Would you like go to a? I would think just go to a craft store, whatever your local craft store is, and maybe pick mats up. Would you consider something like that, or do you, would? Oh yeah, how else you know, would you do it? I'm forgetting my roots. That's exactly what I did, you know, in the first uh, two or three exhibitions, you know, the Barnes & Noble, the local coffee shop, at least part of it, because I hadn't learned how to cut mat yet. And uh, so I I basically just bought pre-cut mats, which you can you can get uh, at, uh, yeah, your local art supply or craft supply store. And, um, you know, so those work very well, except for the, you know, the occasion where I had a... Uh, the image itself was an aspect ratio that, that didn't really fit the pre-cut mat very well. And so I had to, you know, compromise a bit. So the thing I like about uh, cutting my own is that I don't have to compromise on that aspect ratio. I can, I can show exactly what I want and no more, no less, but um, you can go one step further and have mats cut for you at those stores as well. Uh, it starts to get expensive though. So right. Was, right. Um, now, how did I learn to cut mats? It, first of all, it's very simple. It's very easy. You can you can teach yourself. You can learn it by watching uh, a, YouTube, a YouTube video or two. Uh, 
Uh, and you can also try what I did. Actually, thanks to my wife, she finds all this great stuff for me. Uh, <laughs> she she noticed that in the paper or something that um, our local uh, Michael's, you know, art, arts and craft store, mm-hmm. among, you know, they have all kinds of uh, of classes that they give. And she noticed that one day oh, wow. they had a mat cutting class. So I took the class. I signed up for the class. It was all of $25. I suspect it's, if they still have it, it's not much more than that. They try to keep their cost um, to you very low to get you into the store. Um, I was the only student, so I had a private lesson. <laughs> I learned not only how to cut a simple mat, but a double, how to do double mats. And, um, and then after all that, they gave me a uh, – it was like a 40% discount for my first purchase of mat cutting supplies. So I made back, you know, like the thing really ended up costing me nothing because my I bought my first uh, mat cutting kit and uh, some, you know, uh, I think I brought an additional ruler and a um, uh, a straight cutter uh, that evening. And I did save like $40 over, you know, the, uh, the normal price. So uh, not $40, I saved over $25. So the class ended up costing me nothing. Uh, like she did a very nice job. It was like an hour, hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half. That's all it really takes. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been a uh, professional Mac cutter. Awesome. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you, you got the print, you, you got, you, you get your own mat. What do you do for frames? Any, any tips there? Yeah. The, uh, again, you, sh- you need a wife that, uh, you know, watches out for bargains. And my wife is always watching the ads, you know, <laughs> at the various arts and crafts stores. And when she's, you know, when she sees there's like a 40% or 50% off on frames or sometimes there's, co- you know, very often actually Michael's all the times has coupons, you know, 40% off on this or, you know, uh, on anything. Um, then, mm-hmm. uh, we go out and we buy a bunch of 18 by 24 frames and I generally, you know, stick with a, a, just a very basic, um, met, uh, not metal, but a thin um, black frame. Right. Because you never know what people you know will like. So uh, it's hard to go wrong there. It's sort of like yeah. museum quality, museum look. Right. 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 Yeah. And uh, so I try not to spend too much time, too much money, rather, on the frame, uh, and then I price the uh, the entire product, you know, accordingly. Um, you know, a lot of times I've been, if, you, if sometimes you'll see like an eight by 10 with this beautiful frame and the photograph in the frame is uh 300 bucks. Well, you know, cause the frame costs 150 bucks maybe. So, uh-huh. yeah. Now I, I, I honestly don't know if, if I'm doing this right or, uh, you know, it'd be good to do some research as to, you know, will people pay big money for a really nice frame uh, that you pick out, you know? So, <laughs> Yeah. Or will they just, you know, will they just buy it, use I it? I think as at that point you're, you're buying custom. Right, yeah. Whenever If I've spent more than 300 bucks, it's because I've, I got to choose my own frame. Yeah, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay, interesting. Um, you talked to, you just touched on pricing, which is in- interesting. So it, it you sounds like you do what we used to call cost plus pricing when I was a government contractor. Yeah, exactly, right. Okay, so you just basically, you know, you have your costs and you say, I'm going to add another 20%, another 50 bucks. Like, you know, how do you, how do you decide what your profit margin is going to be to make it worth your while? You know, um, it's for me, I'm, 
I have very little business sense. So to be so to be honest, it was really like throwing things at a dartboard. Right. Um, what makes me feel good? Like it's. <laughs> I can be proud and not resentful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I would do a little bit of research. I would look around and, and uh, especially locally, and I'd find websites where people I knew who were good photographers were selling online. And I'd look at, um, you know, how they were pricing. So I price similarly, you know, and then add in, a, you know, a little X for the photograph itself whatever, you know, given the size of the photograph, whatever, you know, similar to what they were charging and then added some, uh, money in for the, uh, expense and the time of me cutting the mat. Right. Right. And, uh, get a little bit of labor cost in there too. Right. Right. Uh, and then for the frame, okay. uh, you know, without marking the frame up too much. Right. Right. So, um, so it's kind of like throwing darts plus a little bit of, a little market research. Market research, yes. Right. Okay. So when, once you've got the show up, what's a, a reasonable length of time for the show to run? How long do you typically have these shows up? Um, you know, it depends on the venue. Um, I'm trying to remember now when uh, Barnes & Noble ran for – they just run them for a month, and the library, they ran them for a month. Um some libraries will only uh, will only do a shorter time, let's say two weeks. The coffee shops, I think, were also a month. A lot of the places just seem to go on a monthly basis. Yeah, so yeah. sounds like a, a reasonable sweet spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then when this show is hanging, we've sort of talked about this, but to, to support the show, you do what? Because you talked about maybe flyers. Uh, so I know some locations will let you do an artist's evening. Like, what, what, what's the total package of what you do to support a show that you've just hung? Right. Okay. At the uh, well, the minimum I think would be uh, to make up a a little flyer, and you can easily have them run off. Uh, you can do that with, uh, let's say, if you're if you're on a PC and you have uh, Microsoft Office, there's a Microsoft Publisher. That's an easy way to make up a, um, a flyer. And uh, it doesn't have to be too fancy, but just something that, you know, tells a little bit about yourself and, and your photography and maybe shows, a, maybe shows a, a photo or two. And most importantly, gives your contact information and also business cards, mm -hmm. just a standard, you know, standard business card, however you have them. And, um, you know, make sure there's a, Either there's a place for you to leave them, uh, you know, you'll arrange that with whatever the venue is. You know, a lot of uh, like the the library in Arlington had very nice uh, plexiglass holders for all that stuff, so they had it all ready, and all I had to do was send them, you know, leave my leave my marketing information. And they had it there. Um, you know, at a coffee shop, it may be a matter of uh, they might have that too, or it might be just something like uh, somewhere on the counter they'll have a place for cards and flyers. And, uh, you know, once you've made it up, uh, you can take it to Kinko or Office Depot or so forth. And then um, some places will uh, allow you or even encourage you to have a, uh, how would you say, a, an opening night or an artist night. Uh, Barnes & Noble does that. And Barnes & Noble will even, um, well, it depends. If they have, you know, a lot of Barnes & Noble's uh, stores have a Starbucks franchise associated with them. And... Uh, you can buy from them, uh, and it's pretty reasonable, you know, uh, 
cookies, pastries, whatever, coffee, tea. Uh, oh, yeah, I did yeah, that yeah. the first time. So it was nice, you know. It was, it was, I felt like a real, you know, photographer <laughs> <laughs> welcoming people, you know. And uh, How cool is that? You can run around, you know, grab, guess, say, hey, come on, have some coffee and, and pastry, you know. Yeah, and we'll talk about this with with. Bridget, but I in these days you can just create a, a Facebook event for your opening night and also drive more people there. Oh, right, right. Uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, both Barnes and Noble and the library over in Arlington did also. Um, if you gave them a list of people you wanted to invite, they would send out invitations. Oh, okay, and, nice. Yep. And uh, the library also advertised. Uh, they put up some, um, you know, eight and a half by eleven flyers. So they do their own promotion for yeah, you. Yeah, right. Locally in the local local merchants and so forth, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, in several of the newspapers, including including the Washington Post, which sometimes publishes and sometimes doesn't. And uh, the other thing the library did is they encouraged me, which I did do, uh, to not only uh, theirs was a little simpler. They they suggested just uh, you know a big punch bowl and some cookies and so forth, uh, but they also um, uh, gave me. Uh, a forum for having a uh, kind of a little discussion or a little uh, presentation that I did. And I think that night I did. Oh, that's right. That right. makes a compelling photo. And uh, yes, and you were one of my distinguished guests, Lynn. I remember Yes, that. I remember coming to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, which is another way to, you know, another way to advertise yourself is to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, hmm Okay. Very good, very good. And and when you have, I'm guessing you aren't, you know, making Oprah kind of money with these events. But do you get decent sales, or is it more about the exposure? Well, up to now, for me, it's been more about the exposure. Okay, and, uh, I got some sales. You know, I I, uh, um, I think in every case, if I can remember, every case. You know, it's costly to put one up. It can, you know, can easily be a few hundred dollars, several hundred dollars by the time you're done. Uh, even if you know, just framing everything, right? Just the you know the do-it-yourself aspect. Even the way I do it with my own cutting my own mats and buying the frames, uh, even then, it, you know, will run up a couple hundred dollars. How many pieces uh, do you would you have in a show? Well, let's see. For the, it depends on the space they have available. Uh, for the library, uh, it was always thirteen or fourteen plus the. Um, poster size one and um mm. for the you know for the coffee shops even in both different in both cases it was different because they had different amount of space um barnes and noble was also maybe uh let's see no it was more like probably 20 maybe 20 items that one wow and um i think i at least made the money back on in every case except the last time i did the library and again this is where you know, it really struck home that, yeah, I like Central Park a lot, but maybe people in Arlington, Virginia are more interested in something more local. <laughs> you, you think New York could be more universal? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, I understand you couldn't sell Cleveland there, but New York. Yeah, New York. Anybody goes to New York. Come, <laughs> come on. Sell and everything. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, the time I made the most money, this is funny. So uh, I went um, the day that. The second Barnes and Noble event I did, which I think was in 06 or 07, uh, it had to come down on a workday um, early in the, not real early, but like 10 o'clock or something or 9 o'clock in the morning. 
So I got permission to uh, to leave work for a couple hours that day and, you know, work some extra that day. And what I did is I brought um, I brought all the photographs and, you know, framed them all back to to work. And uh, in the lunchroom, I put up a, I put them all in a big box and had a sign special sale, you know, special post show sale. <laughs> and uh, I took 25 bucks off everything or maybe it was even 30 bucks or whatever. Uh, I think I was only selling, you know, the I was looking for like $125 or something like that. So maybe I put them up for $95. Yeah. And do you know, That's you know, a good idea. I, I sold about $900 worth that day. Oh my God. To people at work. Now, you know, you have to be careful. I didn't even think about this, but it turned out that the, the owners of the company didn't seem to mind. And, uh, but you know, in some cases that would not fly at all. Right. So, right. So, uh, but if you're, you know, we're, if you're in a more informal environment and you have a, you know, a, a thing like a Barnes and Noble show, Mm-hmm. It might be worthwhile to look at, you know, and you're still working. Mm-hmm. Uh, be worthwhile to look into just bringing them in, and you know, if you have a a lunch area or something, and let people look. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This, man, we've covered a lot. Like, did, did I miss anything that would be important if you were thinking about, you know, hanging your own show? If I decided I I finally want to get out and hang a show, <laughs> have, have I missed anything here? I think we've covered most of the items. Have you not, you've never done a show yet, Lynn? Um, not like that. No. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I've just been too lazy to to go hang you know frame twenty pieces, and I, I I really I've been looking you know ever since I started doing the 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 meetup group, mm-hmm. I've been looking for a place to do more of a meetup oriented show. So, you know I, I I that's how I know that you know there are the coffee shops in Annapolis, the coffee shop in Annapolis, and there's one in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and uh, this 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 um, Del Rey neighborhood in Alexandria all have locations where. I've inquired and and got some level of success, and even in DC where they have the uh, what's the, that big show they do every two years, Artomatic. Oh um, yes, those are good too. So I've been I've been thinking more of a community show that sort of we curate for our for you know the Shutterbugs, but uh, no, never considered one for just myself. And <laughs> but you know I'm getting sort of excited thinking about this these interviews. Yeah. yeah so hey, we should uh, talk about it. maybe we could put a joint show on, or I'd yeah. certainly be happy to help you with uh, Matt Cunning and so forth. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for for sharing all this great wisdom with us. Um, again, now you've got me all excited about this, and so you know we'll we'll see what what, what we can put together as a result of this. This is fun. Yeah, and uh, just remember, everybody, uh, think global, but shoot local for your local exhibits there you go (laughs) i want to invite you to join me in new orleans in october where we will photograph the best of the big easy now we this is our signature photography excursion a weekend-long photo workshop where we photograph New Orleans. Now, New Orleans is a unique American city, both to visit as well as to photograph. We'll photograph everything from the French quarters, which of course is unique in its own right in terms of the architecture, the energy, the street musicians. We'll go out to the bayou and focus and photograph um, the alligators 
and uh, the wild boar. And then we'll go uptown on the streetcar and photograph uh, the, the mansions and stately houses, as well as one of the cemeteries with the above ground graves. And that is just beautiful in its, in, in its ruin. And then, of course, we will go into one of the oldest African-American neighborhoods called Treme and photograph that. It's a lot of fun. Go to phototourneworleans.com to see videos of our last trip and to learn more and register. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. I hope you were inspired by Steve's story. Steve has, you know, had so much, uh, I, would, I don't want to say luck because it's, there's clearly a, lot, clearly a lot of work involved, as I, I hope you gathered. But, you know, as he said, some of it is just going out and paying attention to what's going on around you and having the courage to ask if you can also be a part of wherever you know where, whatever the display might be or wherever the show whatever business it is that you found that you want to display your work in just asking if if you could have that opportunity so very inspiring as you heard i i might be looking for opportunities to do that myself and i'm wondering about you have you been showing your work at any local businesses, coffee shops, or anything like that, let me know in the in the show notes. I'd be interested in hearing more about what your experiences are. This is episode 64. So if you go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast, and the little search bar just put 064, and that should bring this one right up. And leave a note. Leave a note. Let me know what you, you know, what your experiences have been, because I'm really interested to, to know how many people are actually out there doing this kind of thing. All right? All right. So, again, this is part one. Part two comes with the, with, you know, Bridget Murray Law next. So stay tuned for that. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. And of course, wherever you are, whatever you do, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care.